This is the Good Things Guy podcast with myself, Brendan DeCute, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy. I'm on a mission to change what the world pays attention to. I truly believe that there's good news all around us, and I spend my time hunting down and reporting on the best good news stories from South Africa and the world. In the Good Things Guy podcast, you'll meet these everyday heroes and hear their incredible stories. It is the Christmas story of the year in South Africa. If you haven't heard about it, we've got a whole show that we're going to dedicate to it. Investec, uh, and this is not a paid for advert, this is not a sponsored post, but Investec have paid off 3,600 mortgages. They've wiped them off the board. There's 3,600 South Africans that woke up early last week and found out that their houses had been paid off and that they would no longer have to pay whatever their outstanding amounts were. And what seemed to be a very generous act and what could have been just a simple story blew up completely. Good Things Guy reported on it and shortly after that, mainstream media picked up on it. And now everybody's talking about what is, I'm going to call it, South Africa's most beautiful Christmas festive present that these people have received. The head of CSI at Investec, Sekohane Manchetti. Welcome to the Good Things Guy podcast. It's so exciting to have you here. You're the head of CSI at Investec. What inspired you guys to do this act of kindness? Well, I mean, as um, widely reported, this was part of a legacy deal. Uh, a few year, months ago, we realized actually it wasn't going to pull through. And instead of calling on this collateral or security, we thought, actually, this is the best thing we could do. This is a, as an extension of living in society as an, at Investec, is to give people back their title deeds and confirm them as owners of a debt-free home. The one thing, and it's a question that I received a lot from my side after we reported on the story, is how did you select those 3,600 homes? Well, we didn't select them. They came as part of the collateral. So it was just uh, a random act. And those who happened to fall into those 3,600 happened to be the lucky ones. It's absolutely incredible how the story's blown up and how many people have now been reporting on it. When you guys did this and, and put it out there, did you think that it would blow up the way that it did? Well, I think one of the important things that uh, at Investec is that we've, we've done a lot of CSI in the past, and we've always done it for the good reason that it should be. So you do it because it's a good, it's a good deed, it's the right thing to do. And um, whilst you hope that there may be some positive coverage of it, you don't do it for it. I don't think we half expected what this would become. Um, obviously, I think it is for the good deed that it, it is. I mean, the, the expressions that you find on these mamas on these old tatas. Oh, the photos were amazing. It's just a very powerful thing. And I think that's what it's, it's spoken to. It's pulled at the heartstrings of many people in South Africa. And they've responded very favorably for, uh, to, uh, to this act, uh, which for us was just an extension of one of our values, that of unselfish contribution to society and others. Did you get to meet any of the the, peer, the people that um, that had received these gifts? Well, I, I, I'm very privileged as head of CSI to be championing the cause of actually delivering and handing out um, these title deeds. So I've gotten to meet so far hundreds of individuals who ululate, who dance, who sing, who, who, who cannot say thank you enough by virtue of, I mean, one, one, one gentleman said the other day that he stood up, he said, for this I have to stand up. And I, and I looked at him in awe and he said, 
Thank you for returning my dignity as a man oh and a gosh. head of a household to give me back this ownership of this home. I mean, that, that is goosebump moments. This is, this is stuff you can't buy. This, is, this has been quite amazing to see because it talks to the impact. It doesn't talk to so much what the act was about. It talks to the impact, the, what, what it means for real-life individuals. So one of the quotes that, I mean, it's been published everywhere now, was from, from Richard Wainwright, the CEO of Investec, where he said, one of Investec's most cherished values is that we strive to live in society, not off of it. Yes. And I think that's so vitally important. Yeah. We rise by lifting each other. And it's the only way that we as a country can move forward is if we're helping each other. Well, you see, I mean, one of the, I would like to say the corporate social investment drive is the recognition that the success and the prosperity of our own business in the long run is dependent on the success and the prosperity of the communities within which we operate. And if you link the two together, you've got to understand that there's a give and take here. There is something that we've got to do in order to contribute towards long-term prosperity of the communities within which we operate, with a realization that we can then continue to run a successful business within a very prosperous society. Of course, we've got a long way to go, and it's going to take a lot for all other corporates and all other individuals to do good in society so that the society of ours, this country of ours, becomes that which Madiva dreamt of. And this is one step towards it. Seth, you are, in the, you are the most perfect person to be in this role because I can hear how passionate you are about South Africa, about the CSI, uh, that we should be giving back. What other sort of um, initiatives are on at Investec? Well, I mean, one of the key things at Investec, which is a major driver, is that when we started, I mean, I've been with Investec for the last 17 years, and we were looking at uh, revising our strategy and said, what, what's the best thing to be done in CSI? And we said, if we could facilitate opportunities that enable people to become active economic participants, that be, would be a win. That, that economic inclusion, which would mean your sense of dignity returns to you, your sense of purpose, your sense of contribution, all that which is desired. And touch wood, you should be discouraged from getting involved in many other social ills because you have an ability to put bread on the table and, and you feel that you're making a contribution of sorts. And that was our driver. And when we felt if that indeed was the driver, what was the best way to do it? And we, we undertook to say education and entrepreneurship must be Become our key focus areas because through these two key focus areas, we will indeed, over time, enable people to become active economic participants. And that's the cornerstone of what we do. So there's a whole host of things that I can talk to you about in education and a whole host of things I can talk to you about in entrepreneurship. But all aimed at saying there's a grouping in society that has, has not previously been included in the economy and we've got to facilitate opportunities that enable them uh, to be part of the economy, to be at the table at least to be able to also find pride. I mean, you know, as I said about the gentleman who stood up and spoke about dignity, nothing, nothing ever defeats the extent to which people celebrate the sense of I can do it too. Potential is in all of us. But you know, the sad thing in South Africa is that there isn't enough by way of opportunity to match the potential that's in all of us. One of the things, um, we recently had Black Friday, yes. which, uh, which has become a global thing where people <coughs> are, are shopping and they are standing in queues and they want the discounts. And I put a status up on my social media and I said, Black Friday in South Africa is very different. 
because it's not like in America where people are standing at their local digital store waiting to buy 10 TVs. In South Africa, we have families that are standing in the queues to buy food, to to be able to get through the next couple of months um, and to save a little bit of rands to to make it buy. And what we forget, and this is something that I found out when I did the status, I did a bit of research, but in South Africa, the poverty line has been redefined this year. And it's now got three different levels. So you've got a level of food poverty, which is Mm -hmm. the lowest of the low. And that's if you if you earn anywhere under it's about 760 rand a month, you fall under that category. Then there's the middle poverty line. And then the upper, I don't know know how you can classify something as upper poverty, but we have the upper poverty line uh, where you are still below the poverty line, but you're at the upper level. And that is if you earn 1,200 rand a month, approximately. But this is something that I found out and perspective is everything. We speak about how we need to be helping give back dignity. There's something that researchers have coined as the South African dignity line and living below the South African dignity line is if you earn less than 7,600 Rand per month, Mm. you are living below Mm. the dignity line. Mm. And here's the sobering, most sobering statistic out of all of this that I found out on Black Friday. Mm. 90, 90, 90, 90% of South Africans live underneath the dignity line. Yeah. So if you're earning more than 7,600 rand a month, you're in the top 10% of South Africans. Isn't that scary? That is, I tell you, I just, I don't know how else to explain it. The fact that the majority in this country are living below the dignity line, as you say it, that the extent to which they're not, they're not party to all this other activity and hype. So you think Black Friday, exactly that, that the activity and hype for them was about a survival. Someone yeah. on Twitter replied to me when I put that thing out. They didn't read my whole thread because obviously <laughs> there was there's too many tweets. Yes. Um, but they read one of the tweets and they replied going, I don't know why people are so stupid that they would stand in a queue for four hours to save a hundred rand. And I said, my friend, yeah. go and read my thread yes. because you don't understand what yes. the majority of our country yes. are dealing with. Yes. Are dealing with. But, but you see, and this is why for us, education in the main is so important. That we have individuals in this country. I mean, our education system, particularly the basic education system, is really in ICU. That's the bottom line. That um, I see every single time at the beginning of every every year, metric uh, statements of results. And I look at these youngsters who come to me and asking for help. And half the time, the results that they present to me are not even worth the paper that they're written on. Oh. Because they can't do much with them. And yet... I look at individuals who we've got through our own ProMeds program, which is extra maths and, and science lessons over weekends and Saturdays. And these youngsters are in township schools and all these other places. And these are youngsters who, when they come into ProMeds, would produce a 30% initially. But when they leave ProMeds three years later, they're at 100% in maths and science. And they then tell me that they're going to study aeronautical engineering, that they're going to study to become actuarial scientists. They're going to be studying to become engineers. That's what's important. So it's you're giving me goosebumps. It's the extent to which those individuals who we could have easily have written off yes, and, and today they... stand positioned 
very well positioned for that matter, to gain access into good tertiary education and then to become active economic participants, but not just any active economic participants. As engineers, I mean, we have an economy yearning for the skill set, but our schooling system fails too many of these youngsters. So be careful. Think about it every single time when you see metric results and understand that it's not always a true reflection of individuals' potential. If we were to create necessary support structures to help them through, that's what would make a difference. And it's the same thing. You get it here when you say to some individual, this house is yours. You now have an asset. got to understand, these are people who never... I mean, the other day I was talking to these mamas who were saying to me, what do I do now? Um, should something happen to me? What's going to happen to my house? And I actually sat down with this mama and we reflected on how, but given how disadvantaged these communities have been, many of them have never had much to leave behind for their children. Today they have a house to leave behind. Today they can think of putting together a will that says, I leave this house to my children. That's amazing. That's 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 the extent to which every single bit and piece in corporate social investment terms is an important piece. And that starts, that then makes a difference because you're handing something down, yes. you're making it easier for the next generation exactly. and the next generation and the next generation exactly. and eventually then you start to accumulate uh, the knowledge through education exactly. but also that accumulative wealth exactly. where you start to, to change a whole I mean, line of people. Just I mean, I've seen it also with the bursary program with Duran, that many youngsters that we send to university are first in their generation. You know, families, generation after generation, have come and gone. They're the first in their family, first generation in their family to go to university. That's amazing. That's what changes. Yeah. And, and years later, I have stories of youngsters who call me to say, you know, thanks for doing what you did for me. Because now, everybody else in my family has, has seen this being a chartered accountancy as an aspiration. They're seeing this be, being an engineer as a possibility. And they too are now looking at how can I also become one? Because how are you to dream of becoming one when you had not felt, touched, seen, experienced any of such careers? Tabi so said, you say 17 years with Investec. Yeah. How did you get into this role? Well, um, I um, happen to be at, uh, at Accenture. Firstly, let me say I've got a social development background, but in my honors degree, I did more management studies. So as my first job, I went and joined Accenture and I joined Accenture as a business analyst. But as a, as a passion of mine, I volunteered on the side for their social responsibility committee. So in my years at, at, at Accenture, I was doing my normal work and I was volunteering on the side. And one day I received a call from a headhunter who said, I've, I've heard it from at least four different, if not five different people at Accenture, who said, you're great at what you do in terms of consultancy and whatever, but my goodness, they've seen you come alive when you talk about your voluntary stuff on the Social uh, Responsibility Committee. There's a, an opportunity at Investec that I'd like to discuss with you. And we had these discussions, and about 12 interviews later, I was um, hired as a CSI consultant at Investec. And two years later, I was asked to be the head of the Corporate Social Investments Division. And I've never looked back. It's, it's you know, some of us have been very fortunate to walk into our purposes. How could you not? Particularly when you work for an organization, and I've often said this, where the value of unselfish contribution to society has long existed before I walked through the turnstiles of Investec. And that was very important because then it just created the, the environment, it, created the, it gave the scope for me to bring myself to bear with my passions and all these others to say this is what we do to uplift the society. 
Agreed. And uh, the, the more good stuff you do, the more uh, good things guys going to report on that. So thank you. Thank you very um, much. And it's been great having you in studio. You are a breath of fresh air and such a bright, shining light. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you for you. being uh, on the Good Things Guy Jackpot. Thank you so much for having us. What a privilege and an honor. Wishing you only good things. Thank you. You too. I'm Brendan DeCue, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy, and you've been listening to Good Things Guy, a Jackpot podcast. For more episodes or to subscribe, rate, or review my podcast, go to iTunes, Iona FM, or Google Podcasts. Be kinder than necessary to yourself and each other. Thanks, and only good things.